Hi guys, welcome to the Art of Acquisitions podcast. Here we discuss how you can create cash flow and grow your wealth with acquisitions. We have a great guest lineup, including Craig. Craig bought two businesses with 10 million in sales, no money down. And Alan, Alan has led multiple deals ranging in value from 1 million to 9 billion. Yes, that was right, 1 million to 9 billion. Art of Acquisitions, simply the fastest strategy to create cash flow and grow your wealth. Anrik, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. It's an honor and a privilege to have you here. Um, this is our podcast, and uh, Anrik Blatt is very much a, a global citizen. He's a global entrepreneur. He's been in business for uh, over 30 years, and he started, uh, founded, started, and scaled multiple hedge funds to in the billions across the planet, not just in one jurisdiction. Um, so instead of me making a mess of it, Andrik, why don't you introduce yourself to the guys? Um, this ac- uh, podcast is all about the art of acquisitions, but raising money, social media now is very much intrinsically a part of that. But you've had a, a, an, an incredible journey along the way, not just done it once, done it twice and a few other times. Mm-hmm. And it'd be great to get a little introduction. What's the kind of key top three highlights of your journey? Um, what are we involved? What is the hedge fund industry? Give some insights into your space. Well, I'm going to actually do go one better and actually teach you an interesting trick and an interesting technique right now. So I don't even know what a podcast is, right? Uh, and, and why anybody would ever want to use it. But I got my Ardberg cup here for you because I know you're based in Scotland, right? And yeah. I want to introduce you to something called threading um, because it's so much easier than going, hey, Dan, why don't you introduce yourself to the folks here? So like, I mean, I'm not going to move my whole camera now, but I've got a few things on my desk here. So I know you're a you're a lover of scotch. So uh, I have this uh, bottle here. This is a single uh, single malt scotch whiskey companion club. So this is from Speyside, but it is uh, let me read it in here and I've got to take my glasses off for that. So matured in the finest American oak, ex bourbon cask. So basically, it's a Speyside single malt matured in a used um, bourbon barrel. Yes. Um, and and sounds wonderful. The lasting connection between Speyside and Kentucky, right? So, so that's over here. And then if you look at the rest of my desk, there's my, my planner here. There is a book that I want to talk to you about. There is mm-hmm. my home office pants optional, right? Sign up there. <laughs> Um, I, I am, however, wearing pants, by the way, I can prove it to you. Um, Fantastic. <laughs> but the, the idea be, between behind threading is you've got to think of all digital media, just like what we're doing now. Now, we happen to know each other so we can shoot the breeze. And you said, hey, let's have a fireside chat. But yes. by showing you these things that are on my desk, instead of having this abrupt start to anything, you can immediately start threading a person where you you follow these little threads and you find the things that connect you, right? So very often, like you can look at somebody's desk or you look at somebody's background and you can immediately start a conversation that's like, hey, what's that red thing there behind you? Or, um, oh God, I love that sign up there, a home office pants optional. I actually have a a really cool video about that. Or you find something on their desk where, where you can start talking about a connection and a common thread. Because what that does, Dan, 
it you know we're all all actually even people think i'm an extrovert we're all actually introverts that have kind of learned some skills and we're all a little awkward around video and even awkward on face-to-face -face meetings so you've got to find kind of common little thread points i was going to get a nice bottle of, of red wine out but for me it's <laughs> nine o'clock in the morning and yeah. it, it would kind of ruin the rest of my day probably well, we both love a little uh, a glass of red, but I agree with you there. Over here, yep. we're, we're in southern Spain, and it's uh, kind of four o'clock in the afternoon, nearly coming into that five o'clock GNT at the pool time. So kind okay. of looking forward to that. Yep. Um, so it's nine o'clock there. Wow, seven hours cool. different. Yeah, anyway, so coming to the coming to the introduction, right? Um, it, it's always kind of really nice to thread people, and you and I kind of met digitally through one of your uh, secret weapons that you employ. A, a guy that I think is one of the best in the industry he introduced us and he says, you got to go and get to meet Dan. He's just a rock star. So, you know, on that basic introduction, um, I contacted you and we've kind of become friends and you've given me lots of wonderful shout outs. And, you know, it's kind of a, a, a mutual appreciation society. Right. Um, and that's how digital media works, because you've got to do that through the camera. You've got to do that through the videos. And, you know, um, so in terms of my history, it's kind of I've just been absolutely all over the place. Um, I was born as a German in Africa in a old German colony. So if you know anything about old British or old German colonies, mm. if you grow up one of the colonies, you'll actually be more German or more British than the real thing, because your parents and your grandparents want to maintain all of the traditions you know, yeah you know the traditions the history so basically i grew up with german underwear which is not very comfortable at all <laughs> uh german butter german preserves german cars german sheets i mean everything was german you know i mean yet i grew up in africa um in a country called southwest africa which was illegally occupied by south africa and uh as a result we had a civil war uh so i grew up in you know in one of the most beautiful places on earth but there were snipers on the roof corners and bombs wow. going off all over the place. So a wonderful childhood. And, you know, my, I don't know, I suppose big key events. My dad died when I was six. So I was very early young, I became unemployable um, because I, you know, didn't handle uh, authority very well. And, you know, by way of a long story, found my way as a, you know, as I've always been an entrepreneur, but built a, started building businesses at school, at college, took them public. Then I read James Clavell's novel, uh, Shogun and Taipan, and I fancied myself as the next Taipan and fell in love with Asia and moved to Hong Kong and thought that I would go and, you know, uh, by that point, I was already a, a rather wealthy young man, and I was going to tenfold that because I had just discovered futures trading. And, uh, you know, we were right in the can I say the, you know, the run of the major uh, Asian book. And when, book, and when, when was this, Andrick? When, when roughly was we're, this? We're now talking in the 90s. 90s, yeah. Um, so, you know, Asia was, you know, the Asian tigers were all booming yeah, and you, know, you just couldn't do anything wrong. And the stock market was going up uh, double digits a month. And I was in the futures market uh, leveraged probably 80 times. And anyway, cut a long story short, I lost absolutely everything and then some. And uh, realized at that point, well, those were the days you actually still had to pay your bills and actually pay pay things back. Yes. So 
kind of at age, I don't know, 25 or something like that. I started off at, at minus like 8 million or something like that. Wow. So and started had, with had minus a, 8 million net asset value. <laughs> start, started again. So had to, had to start again. Um, that's, that's incredible. I, I love it when somebody goes through that learning. It, it brings a certain humbleness. Uh, you, you, know, you certainly find out who your friends are. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Very quickly. Um, yeah. I'm, anyway, so from there, I'm sorry, you, you asked me for a short introduction, but I think this is probably more interesting. Um, so from then I thought like, oh, shit, I better... I better learn something, you know what I mean? And focus on one thing instead of being all over the place and fancying myself as this, you know, megalomaniac. So um, one of my businesses in Africa uh, before I'd emigrated to Hong Kong was uh, to distribute uh, mutual funds throughout Africa. And I fell in love with the Templeton story of Sir John Templeton and, mm. you know, uh, that whole genre of what I call gentleman money managers. Yes. And, uh, you know, got into the financial services industry and I'm like, okay, so I didn't have a PhD and I didn't have a degree from Harvard. Well, what do you start? So I answered an ad in a, in a, in an, you know, in the newspaper or in the South China Morning Post and got a job. So on the first day of the job, they threw down a telephone book and said, start calling. And, you know, I'm no, no training at all. No, just fire it. No, just like so the bill for Wall Street, you know, yep, get exactly. in there. Just like, Let, just like see what you got. <laughs> Eventually, I said to them, look, I mean, surely, you you know, you've got to provide some training. Oh, no, 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 we've got a training course. We just, you know, we just wait uh, uh, four times a year. We, do, we get everybody together and we will train you in Cyprus. So anyway, I flew out to, to Cyprus. Um, here's a joke for you, by the way. If uh, Turkey attacks Cyprus from the rear, do you think Greece will help? <laughs> will Greece help in any situation? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. So, so back to all seriousness. So, anyway, I, I learned, I learned, you know, a lot, and I realized that you know, cold calling absolutely sucks because yes. you can't build a relationship with somebody that quickly over the phone. It's not my style, and I absolutely stuck sucked at cold calling. But I was really, really good at constructing portfolios. So, very, very quickly, I built a loyal following of people for whom I built very robust portfolios and started using using uncorrelated or non-correlated assets, real assets, mm. blending those with liquid assets. And, you know, as a person, I'm a bit of a contrarian. Um, so that, you know, uh, followed its way into my portfolio construction. And I built some phenomenal portfolios that made loads of money. And uh, then I got a job offer from one of the big uh, hedge funds I, I was uh, using, whose products I was using. And they said, hey, you know, you should come and work for us. And I'm like, mm, uh, yeah, OK. So anyway, um, uh, I, you know, jumped the fence, so to say, uh, to the to the institutional yeah. side, uh, raised hundreds of millions of dollars uh, a year in managed futures um, products. Got out there and uh, you know just kept kind of growing, growing yeah. from there. And then in uh, and what uh, was your favorite? What was your favorite asset class through that period? You know, when you're managing it yourself before you jumped into the institutional side. So my my favorite asset class. Well, I, I learned very quickly. Obviously, you know from from that story, you know that I, I I now have an aversion to investing anything that I don't really understand. Absolutely. Um, so you know, if I can't calculate it on a on a napkin, yeah, I mean. Um, you're not going to see me investing in it. So my favorite asset class still to this day 
are small boutique wealth managers that are specialists in their game that only they understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so whether that's managed futures, whether that's hedge funds, whether that's, uh, you know, an energy trader, a property guy, I love specialists uh, in that space. And I built an entire career and a, you know, several multi-billion dollar businesses on the back of allocating to those kind of managers. So boutique specialists, a boutique house, big billion boutique house of specialists running and owning what they do kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, the, the way you've got to think about it like this is by the time a, a business grows into a multi-billion dollar fund or, you know, house or whatever, they've institutionalized it so dilute, yeah. diluted it. Yes, sure, it's got all these fail safes and it's got all these things, but the alpha is gone and the fun of it is gone and you no longer Absolutely. meet the real people. And the, the one thing I've noticed, Dan, which is kind of interesting, you might have heard me talking about it. I very often find that people that are really good at investing are very bad at talking about it. And, you know, especially when it comes to quantitative models, you know, traders, yeah. things like that, they tend to be very introverted. They tend to be OCD. A lot of them are borderline retarded in some way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And they they can't really talk about it very well. Those they're, are the guys that I love. You know what I mean? they're, talk, they're talking about the technical detail instead of the high level kind of. Yes. Yeah, no, they have no idea. I mean, it, yeah. it comes to, you know, and, and this is probably one of the one of the questions we can talk about. So you look at fund management, right? So look at a guy like you, right? So so you're in commercial property, which I, I still waiting for you to explain to me one day. <laughs> um, but let's say you wanted to build a fund, right? Yeah. So and everybody, you know, that I, I meet now in my consulting business goes, oh, can you help me launch this fund? You know, we've built this fantastic fund, but, you know, they said build it and they will come and nobody came. Yeah, you know I mean, mm. and I'm like, yeah, no wonder, because nobody wakes up in the morning and goes, ooh, today is a good day. I'd like to go buy a fund. You know what I mean? Or I'd like to go yeah. invest a fund. It's the same as like when I see all these guys constantly promoting commercial real estate. Well, <laughs> are you are you actually trying to attract somebody that is in commercial real estate? Are you trying to attract investors that are already actively investing in commercial real estate? Well, why the hell would they need you? Or are you trying to invest, attract investors that either have a problem in their portfolios that they are not aware of, or that are looking for a result that they would like to have? Well, then surely you should show them first why commercial real estate can solve their problem. But before you can do that, you've got to show them that they have a problem. Otherwise, yeah. they're not listening. You see what I mean? Absolutely. And, and, and that's where my, you know, my, my current uh, kind of love affair with, with helping people build these kind of digital businesses comes from because you've just got to look at it like that. And, you know, once you're in it, there are so many trees, you can't see the forest. If you're a business owner, professional or SaaS pension trustee and you want to stop the inflation erosion of your capital, you want to create cash flow and grow your retirement capital, but you just don't have the time. Do you want the baby without the labour pains? Then if you qualify, you may be able to invest with us. If that's you, pop along to taylorcapital.co.uk. We do the deals so you don't have to. It's kind of like the Netflix of investing. Yeah. Anyway, I'm taking our conversation where you didn't want to go. No, that's not exactly where I want to go, because if you want to do anything in life today, it's all about raising money. 
to do the thing you want to do. And then obviously the why comes before that. But the only way to do it these days is on social media. I mean, look at Grant Cardone. He's, he's got 2.4 billion in real estate, um, of which was about three quarters of a billion of social media you know, money raised yeah. through directly through social yeah. media, accredited, yeah. non-accredited, whatever it is, it's people. He's yeah. connected with people in such a way. And, uh, you know, his real estate programs, whatever it may be, are secondary. Mm -hmm. They're almost irrelevant because mm -hmm. he's just trying to get investors in. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're on the money. You know, what you're doing right now is, well, mm -hmm. that's what we should be talking about here. How to raise money on social media, no matter what you're doing, whatever it may be, whatever that big mountain is you want to climb, whatever your big why is. For me, it's, um, you know, we want to create 10,000 homes, at, you know, for people to rent. Um, you know, that, that's our kind of game plan in the UK. Mm -hmm. And by converting, you know, commercial properties doing this, converting mm -hmm. low-value vacant commercial property bought from big funds uh, and turning into high-value residential homes for people to live in. Um, so why do you have a podcast? What What is this all about? Well, this is just fun for me because I love meeting yeah. cool people, uh, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. And, yeah. you know, we've met a lot of uh, guys from, you know, our, our connections on, on LinkedIn. And, uh, and, you know, to be honest, I wouldn't have met them hadn't I been on LinkedIn actively and mm -hmm. hadn't I done this podcast. So for me, it's a way of extending relationships potentially um, yeah. and getting to know people deeper. And, you know, whether there's any commercial impact, I'd, I'm not even bothered about that. I just love that. So how, I love creating deeper connections with people that have done some cool stuff and potentially, you know, if there's anything you'd be doing in the future, great. And if there's not, great. And if it, all it is is a game of golf and a, a glass of whiskey one day, then happy days. <laughs> <laughs> but mm -hmm. in, the, in the same time, connecting with great people like yourself, uh, especially such a social, you know, you're really prevalent on social media, on LinkedIn, and you're helping people raise money. And that is at the root of everything. Whatever you do in life, you need to raise money or have that ability to raise money. And to raise money these days, you need to have an ability to understand social media. And there's no better social media platform um, then I suppose LinkedIn and YouTube for me, probably LinkedIn uh, more so business-wise. And you're one of the kings that I look up to to take uh, leadership from, take advice from, strategy from. And just what you just said there are the basics. Find out what problem do we have and what's the solution? So why are you giving them something else? You know, I mean, that there itself is gold, that people look over that so easily, but you've kind of always got to come back to that. And the reason for that is you just said again, it's easy to look at somebody else's forest when they're in their forest. You know? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I mean, if you if you ever ask me, like, Anrik, what, what, like, what's your superpower, right? Um, it's really like, I can take a really messy Rubik's cube of somebody else's business model and go, what the hell are you doing? This is how it yeah. works. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, give you a, give you a small example. I have a friend of mine who has a. Um, a scrap metal metal re recycling business, right? And um, I actually met him through uh, Tony Robbins, and he's just a remarkable guy. And uh, you know, he he told me that God, he hates this business because um, as he gets a branch or a country, uh, a, a new you know branch in a state getting re working really well, building up a nice team, getting this whole thing going, the guy who's running that basically walks away with all the customers and all the staff and sets up a competitive shop to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, that's because you're just doing this wrong. So I took a yellow piece of paper and I drew him up a, a, a hub with a couple of spokes and I said, 
you're, you're, you have to be the hub in the middle and you have to be the outside wheel. You let the other guys be the spokes. So what do you want to do? And I said, okay, do the following seven things. And one of those was basically to have those guys buy him out 1% every month. You provide them the equipment, you rent the equipment to them, you rent them all their ingredients, you provide all the training, they get their own business, but you control the marketing, the brand and the customers, the CRM, all that kind of stuff. You take a clean 7% revenue royalty straight off the top. Now you're not worried about the profitability and you basically make all of these guys that are good guys, make them your biggest fans because you, you know, you giving them the tools that they need. Anyway, this guy was remarkable. So, you know, he wrote all these points down and about it. Uh, and I mean, at that point he was, he was like about 3 million in the hole. Um, and cut a long story short, about a year, just shy of a year later, he calls me up. He goes, Anrik, I'm ready for another list. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? He goes, <laughs> he shows me the list, which he stuck on his, on his uh, bathroom mirror. And they were all crossed out and ticked box with little notes on them. And yeah. he had executed 100% of my advice. He was now up 18 million in the bank and he was sleeping at night because he had, he had done this, right? So the, the, he's, he's kind of created the for me. Yeah, sorry, you know, carry on. No, no, and he'd bought himself a new jet and he wanted a bigger jet now with a bathroom in it and all that kind of stuff. And so he came out again and, and got the second set of advice because and the lesson for me was it's all about execution like you can be this guy like me that has these like brilliant ideas and you know wonderful tools and things like that but if you don't execute you're worth nothing yeah you know i mean so um you know that was a really good lesson but i can't do that to myself you see what i mean like i i literally can't get out of my own way um, i know exactly what to do but on other people i can go okay here is how we do this, right? So um, let's enter the, the COVID discussion, right? So um, COVID in some ways is a blessing and in some ways is a terrible curse. But if, if we just, you know, focus on the positive of it and, you know, as a Leo, I'm an optimist. I always look at the, the positive side of things. Anything involving an asset management that is still a brick and mortar business where you need a little Edward Jones or a Fidelity or a little corner high street banking thing is absolutely dumb because people who invest don't want to invest they don't they're not looking for what it is that you're doing they put more research into what refrigerator they're going to buy than what investments they want to look at you see what i mean so people are not going to walk into a brick and mortar type store to come and ask you and go, hey, Dan, talk to me about commercial real estate or, hey, John, talk to me about your hedge funds, right? Yeah. It is a very, very different game. So it has to be digital because, uh, you know, the cost of operating in a brick and mortar approach, you know, in the, you know, if I think of the alternative investment industry, it used to be that, you know, you would create this fund, you would create a PPM, you would create pitch books, you would create all this blah, blah, blah stuff that nobody cares about. Then you would go spend 25,000 bucks to go to a hedge fund conference. And then, you know, you'd have the speed dating and you run every 15 minutes to another little cubicle. But basically, you've got a bunch of marketers all trying to pretend uh, something that they're not. And you have marketers trying to sell to marketers because a real investor, you know, who might have made 100 million bucks selling his 
you know, uh, brick and mortar business or like I met, I met a guy the other day who just yeah. sold his fire sprinkler business for 250 million bucks. Um, yeah. he he's not running away. About, no, he does, he's not running away from booth to booth, you know, 100%. No. And he knows, he, he knows nothing about investments. And here's the interesting thing about especially men, right? As men, we are these problem solvers. We are, you know, these guys that, you know, are always quickly trying to find the solution, trying to fix that. Oh, okay. Oh, pen's broken. No problem. Fix that. There we go. Go back to sleeping on the couch. Yeah. I mean, we are just lazy, lazy individuals Absolutely. that want to fix something, right? I've shown you that video before. It's not about the nail. Yes, absolutely. I mean, but it's brilliant, right? So that's how you got to got to think of investor behavior, and mm -hmm. making a digital fundraising funnel. So th think of it differently. Don't call it social media, okay? Because that degrades it in your own brain. Think of mm -hmm. about it like like you are building a a digital fundraising uh, funnel. So the idea behind building an automated funnel, right? Think of like five, six, seven steps that allows you to create an interest, you know, give somebody something of value, wake them up a little bit. And you can kind of, um, let me go to the next, next slide here. Sorry, I've, I hadn't, pre I hadn't really prepared for this. Can you see that football field or that rugby field, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, so this is how you got to, got to think about it is that you've got this, 100, 100 foot football field, right? You're starting at zero on the one side and you're trying to get the ball um, to the 100 uh, foot mark. So in your digital fundraising funnel, think of zero to 40, okay? That's really absolutely reserved for getting people's heads nodding. You want people, people's heads like nodding, going, ah, ah, oh, oh yeah, wow, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. I have that problem too. You know what I mean? Yes. He's talking to me. Oh, wow. This video is for me. You see what I mean? And as soon as you start asking people for money in step, you know, in the zero to 40, you've killed it. As soon as you start talking about your statistics or your industry or your asset class, blah, 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 you've now bought the other half. You know what I mean? So the yeah. zero to 40 is really all about engagement and trying to get people to engage with you and realize that you are talking directly to them. And only then in the 40 to 60 yards, you'll see I've got a little gear bolt and a little dot, what I call connecting the dots. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this yeah. is really where you start talking about strategy. Can you still see the screen there, Dan? Yeah, perfect. Okay. So that 40 to 60 yard line is totally reserved for starting to provide some solutions, because if you're going to do this free of charge, you're going to give them three steps that they can do to start getting some results in their portfolios today. Okay. You're not going to go and give it all away, but you've got to add value because that allows you to then get to the 60 to 80 uh, yard mark and still have most of the people engaged and with you. And that's really for where you now position yourself as an expert, where you start talking about how you've helped clients with problems just like that, overcome these things, how you've, dealt with investors who were doing this before that are now doing this. And without, without selling, you're positioning yourself as an expert in that field because they, you know, in zero to 40, they are listening. They are nodding their heads. They're, they're, they're wide awake and they're going, ah, oh yeah, he's talking to me. In the 40 to 60, you've started providing some solutions and some ideas to the point where they're going, 
hmm, this is really very, very interesting. This isn't your usual yada yada webinar, right? And that allows you to go to the 60 to 80 where you are now you know, positioning yourself as a credible expert. And by the way, you don't need age for that. You can be 22 years old and be doing this. And then you can go to the 80 to 90 yards. You know what I mean? Um, I have the skull and crossbones there. This is where, I don't know if you're a Star Wars guy, where you've got to bring people to the light. You've got to Absolutely. bring them from the, you know, and show them that if they don't actually take this seriously, these are some of the bad things that are going to happen. Yeah, right peace. now with everything yeah. that, that's going on in the world, you've got to be a little careful here. You don't want to be pushing too much pain because then everybody goes, ah, too hard. I don't want to trade, right? So then you can go to the 90 to 99 yards. And that's where, again, without mentioning your product, right, or your service, or your, the name of your fund, you set up the buying criteria. So like Dan, in your case, I would guide you to at this point and say, okay, ladies and gentlemen, if you are going to make a commercial uh, real estate investment, or you're going to uh, put your hard-earned funds into a commercial real estate fund, please, please make sure that your fund manager does this, does that, does that, does that, and never ever does this last point. Because in that qualification, guess what? Yeah. Dan Taylor is going to be the only one that actually qualifies and fits, the, fits that brand. And yeah. then from 99 to 100, you can get that call to action where you are actually asking for the next step. So remember, it doesn't always mean you're asking for the money. If it's in your funnel, right, and I'm going to bring up the picture of the funnel again, you are asking for the next step. So when I design complex funnels, and remember, I've, I've built some that are like four-step funnels that are designed to raise, you know, 100,000 at a time. And I've got some with clients that are now managing 50 billion in AUM that are much more complex funnels, right? You've got this little football field of influence at every step. Because what then happens, let's say you, you know, like in this case, this is a one, two, three, four, five, six step funnel to build a VIP club, right? At every point, you're getting little yeses, you know, and little yeses, yeses along the way that's got the, the, the client going, yeah, ooh. Yeah. Hmm, and, I didn't and, know that. Hmm, yeah, you know and, I mean? and because this is journeys, it doesn't matter what field you're in, what asset class you're in. It's all about taking yep. somebody from here to here through, Absolutely. and yep. ultimately yep. being in a field of one where you're qualifying, yep. and then you're saying, you know, if, if you make sure they're, they're this, this, and this, and make sure they're yep. definitely not that, uh, and you're left with, you know, potentially, hopefully, the only solution. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and you, how many people have you worked with on this, Andrew? That have, you know really shown big results. Now, obviously, everybody doesn't get results because it's not down to you to get results. It's you to provide the strategy, the game plan, and then it's up to somebody to go and do it. Like your man with the seven. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm a little stroppy because you know, for me, this is a kind of a retirement, a, a love project rather than a rather than a job. Um, I'm a little stroppy, so I interview my like my funnel um, at step six. I'm interviewing you as much as, as you're interviewing me. And if you're not asking me the questions you should be asking, I'm going to tell you that you should be asking me these questions right now. Um, so, you know, I mean, sure, I've worked with thousands of people, but, you know, sometimes like a, a big European bank will bring 200 people to the table. So I've got to train those guys. But um, all walks of life all over the planet, um, it, it really works as long as you are prepared and you have an open mind. The, the the clients where I've tried this, where it's failed, is where you've got a you know a sixty year old guy 
who just doesn't want to change. He's like, oh, we've raised billions of dollars in, in the 80s. And I'm like, well, the 80s just called this morning and they want their sales strategies back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't work like this anymore. It is, it is digital or die. Yeah. Um, because you can't afford, just look at your business, right? You cannot afford to get on a plane, which number one, most of the time you can't go where you want to go right now anyway, yeah. um, to go and take somebody for lunch out in Abu Dhabi uh, who's going to, you know, if, if, if it's a typical Abu Dhabi client, he's going to have you waiting there for three days until he, he meets you and changes all the appointments. And then you've got to take him out for lunch and he's going to invite his six cousins along the, the way. And then you've got to have 12 meetings. You've got to fly there. You know, it, it co could cost you $100,000 to get a new investor. Yeah, I mean? yeah it's, all, it's all at risk as well. You don't know what's going to be the outcome. So, yes, so, the, so the, the digital media has to do the work for you. So that mm. whilst you are sleeping or whilst you are playing golf, you like you f figure yourself out at Turnberry, right? I, that's your favorite golf course. Absolutely. Um, whilst you're playing golf, it's going ka-ching, 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 ka-ching in the background. Make it, your funnel should be making money for you so that when you finish playing golf and you decide, okay, I'm now going to go to work, you're working with people who absolutely love what you're doing They've done the work, they've done the homework, they went through the funnel, they've been getting, mm, 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 yes, I want this. Dan is the man. Dan the man. Dan yeah. the man. Yeah, you know I mean, um, and so, so that's why so, I love this industry. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I, I love the digital space as well. We've been in the digital space for a little while with Morph. And over the last, in fact, it's, it's kind of interesting because in January, um, we started sacking clients. Um, mm -hmm. because we were moving to this direction where we're moving to help people, business owners, professionals with no time. They already got their income. They've already got their yep. capital. They just want someone to grow their capital. So we've kind of morphed into them. We've been doing this massive web development sprint where we've created our own kind of private members club crowdfunding platform. So we can take mm -hmm. in a very compliant way a number of different people, help them create an income stream while we obviously invest it to do one of our deals. Um, and the whole premise is creating a portfolio of passive income streams for them. So with that in mind, I mean, these are people typically with um, on average 300 to a million pounds of income. They're only putting a little bit in at you know, each, each point because we stop them putting too much in. We want to create a long-term relationship. We don't want everything mm -hmm. in. Um, stop somebody the other day because they wanted to put in too much. I said, how much have you got? Well, that's far too much. Let's half that and start with that, and we'll we'll grow that. We'll show you we're good, and then you know get involved in the next one. There's always another deal. So in that kind of market, what would you suggest would be you know for me potentially to be the right way? Because there's two roads. It's either carry on with this, which I love because I love helping and serving business owners, professionals. It's a real buzz, um, you know, or or either or, or as well as, um, you know, potentially we have been speaking to a hedge fund to grow. Um, but this, this space, the kind of, I love the collective space of the man in the street, helping the little guy get involved in bigger deals. It kind of lights me up, that kind of thing. And it's almost going back to the institutional side of things. It's almost like this is anti-establishment and that's back in the, mm -hmm. the old school establishment. Mm -hmm. and, and while I'm saying this to you, and I know, kind of know the answer for me yeah. in so my heart, I mean, I, I've got an in, interesting model that that I did very successfully with one client, right? Who was in a in a similar kind of kind of boat because you know what you've got to think about. Let's say you have an investment business, whatever that asset class is, right? So let's stop mentioning them by name because it doesn't matter whether it's venture capital, yeah. private equity, yeah. real assets, 
liquid assets, whether it's Bitcoin, it doesn't matter. The machine is actually the same. You are building two businesses. One, which is that business that, that actually manages the money, multiplies the money, and that is a serious job that requires you know, full attention. And then you're building a second business over here, which is really an asset raising business, a sales business, a marketing business that is has to attract these customers, right? So what we did with this client, uh, and he was in a similar situation because um, uh, this is now in the venture capital space, but we got them to build a fund business on the side and a platform or a, uh, you know, what do you call it? Sorry, I'm, I, English is not my mother tongue. And some days I wake up and I'm in a different language and I'm translating in my head the whole day. And today is one of those days. Um, a in a crowdfunding platform funding yeah okay and um, both on the same time and then the third business in the middle which doesn't really make a lot of money is a training business and a coaching business that teaches people how to be brilliant in this business and in that business so now here's here's an interesting thing that's happening basically it's the same message all along okay or it, it's 80 percent of all three of those are the same message and so now, you know, we're in the business of finding these future unicorns in this particular asset class, in this particular geography. We have the skill, we have the, uh, you know, the, the incubator type space. We're going to join your board of directors. We're adding value to the uh, invest, investing companies, you know, the, the companies that we're investing in, but we're also adding value to the investors who don't know that space. So you can learn how to do this by signing up for our, our course and our program over here. Or you, if you're really big and you have like 5 million at a minimum to invest, you can come in the fund where we do it for you. Yeah. Or you can come over here on the crowdfunding platform where you get the same terms and you invest alongside our fund. Um, and you get the same benefits of the, you know, proper uh, disclosure agreements, the non non dilution uh, clauses, all this kind of stuff that we as professional investors invest. And you can invest directly into one of these companies if you don't want to be in the fund. But guess what? Some of those are closed. You can only access them through the fund. So now these three businesses become supportive to each other. Because some people are going, you know what, I'd really like to learn about this industry and learn and grow. So they join the program, uh, the courses, the digital courses, which are so easy to do these days. And then eventually they go, oh, this is this is terrific. But you know what, Dan is so much better than me at this. I'm just going to give him the money. You know what I mean? But yeah. it gives credibility to that business. So this thing worked out really super nice where you can go buy the course join the crowdfunding platform or invest in the fund. Because yeah. as I said to you right in the beginning, nobody wakes up like today on a Friday morning and goes, oh, I'd like to buy a fund. You know what I mean? No, no, no. no. The fund is, is really just the vehicle whereby you can say, okay, we're now collectively going to work more efficiently as a, as a tribe, and we're going to go and invest as a tribe instead of one-off, 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 one-off. And if yeah. it doesn't make sense for an investor to be in the fund, don't sell him the fund. Sell, let him go direct. If it doesn't yeah. make sense and the guy doesn't have enough money and shouldn't be playing in this, well, maybe he should join the course and the training program to learn how to do this yeah. whilst he's saving his money along the way. That's interesting so that's to say that. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what we've morphed into. And we give, like, the training, we kind of give that away yeah. for free now. 
you know, and yeah. why? So that they can, they, you know, they, sh- they watch us weekly live without the aid of a safety net, kind of going through transactions to get to that no like, and trust. And hopefully the yeah. ultimate conclusion, I'm getting double digit returns, doing nothing. He's doing all the work. <laughs> I think I'll just let him do all the work. Um, you know, that's kind of uh, what we've morphed into. We don't kind of sell any courses anymore. We give people help along the way because at some point they might want to, uh, you know, create a passive income stream, then scale to a second income stream and then create a portfolio of income streams. Then at some point when they're comfortable and, you know, they've got that handholding along the way, they might say, hey, I'm ready now. I want my own asset. Can you help me out? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. our kind of our new journey along the way kind of thing. Yeah. Obviously, then there's a pre-journey that you've just outlined for everybody yeah. to get in. But, um, yeah. yeah so it's all about income streams. So, um, it, you know, if I was starting that business today, I would really focus on the big why, right? Because nobody cares, you know, how much you know until they know how much you care. And nobody gives an absolute crap about your how and your what until they really buy into your why. So, you know, my funnel at the top end, if I was building this, would be all about the big why. Why do you need to take this money off the table and put it in here and invest it in these assets? And if you are not wealthy yet, how can you actually get wealthy using this strategy? Because remember, people either have a problem, which means they might have a lot of cash stuck in, uh, you know, a lot of people always invest in their own asset class. So I see that a lot. You know, a lot of my old clients were really famous hedge fund managers. Because I showed them how if they just take, like almost build it like a tithing model, they just take 10 to 15% mm. of every month's net asset value, yeah. suck it off the table and put it in an uncorrelated asset class. Even if this thing blows up, they will still have millions sitting over here, right? So that's, that's, that's a scenario where you have a problem mm. that you don't want. Or the other alternative is, hey, Here's a result that you can have if you work with us. So, you know, the funnel entrance, the, the funnel has to have two, two roads leading to it. And then, you know, why I call it a funnel is because it just keeps getting narrower because a really good digital funnel, Dan, is literally 50% about attracting and 50% about repelling. You got to throw people out. And I always say to, you know, especially in the corporate world, you know, so many people are trying to fit in all the time. And I call it being beige. If you're not standing up and offending half the room, um, you're not yeah. actually doing your job properly because other, then people can't st- can't see who the real who the real person is. Right. So you've got yeah. to kind of always have that that song going through your head Will the real Dan, please stand up, Dan, stand up, Dan, stand up. You know what I mean? So you really got to call out what you stand against as well as what you stand for. What's the result you get, but what do you stand against? And and for me now, that's it's becoming clear. I stand against the kind of core sellers, if you like. The ones that sell you the dream for two days, take thousands of pounds off you, upsell, 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 and you're still on the hamster wheel and your life's never changed. You know, And that's part of it for me because most of the people that go there, why don't they get the result? Because they're too busy. They get back to the Monday. And then before yeah. you know it's Friday, they haven't done the thing, whatever the thing yeah. is. Um, so, yeah, I can't so, agree more. I've got to tell you a, a, a real funny story, which uh, uh, is actually a little awkward, but it's kind of kind of sweet. <laughs> so, you know, we all struggle with a bit of imposter syndrome, right? 
I mean, mine was, I was like in my early twenties and I was at that point managing hundreds of millions of dollars. And, you know, I would, I, I'm a dichotomy. I would, I would be very confident walking in there asking somebody for a hundred million dollars. And then when they gave it to me, I'm like, oh shit, what am I going to do when the grownups enter the room? You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, so we, I, I really feel, feel that imposter syndrome, even to this day, because you, you just, always wonder, are, are you good enough, right? So had a long story short, I had started this mastermind group. And the mastermind group was like $3,800 to, to join the mastermind group. And my, the idea behind it was that I would build up my network of people, because you've got to be really careful about giving stuff away for free. Oh, there's Romeo, he wants to come in. Yeah. Romeo, Can I let Romeo in? Can he join the meeting? Always, always. Where's, oh, where's the other one? Where's the other one? Can't be far behind. Zappy. Come on to Zappy. Here he comes. There we go. You guys want to you guys want to see Dan join the meeting? Come on. Come on. Up. There's Uncle Dan. Look. Hey guys, how there. you doing? <laughs> and Giuseppe's under the desk. Anyway, so now we've got now we've got an audience. Now we're rolling. So yes, anyway, absolutely. so coming back to this mastermind thing, because you've got to be really careful about giving everything away for free because you are training just like i've trained the dogs you are training your audience to go oh i can get all this stuff for free why should i pay for anything all right so cut a, cut a long story short i created this mastermind group but i was you know doing it on the fly and uh, you know i was at an airport and i mistyped the price on the internet and i added an extra zero by accident <laughs> so now the now the mastermind on the internet was thirty eight thousand dollars to join and in my head, it was three thousand eight hundred dollars, yeah. and people started signing up. <laughs> so I'm like, "Oh shit!" Because I just saw this. You know, I, I like I use Stripe, you know. So suddenly, I saw these massive purchases going, and I'm like, "What the hell is going on here?" And then so you're worried about I'm like, what you're going to deliver for thirty-eight. <laughs> well, no. Then I realized I'm like, you know what? I better up the ante here. You know what I mean? And I mean, this thing is waitlisted for the next two years. Um, because it, I, I now was able to cut down the size of people that are allowed. It is now the very best thing in the bottom of my funnel. And there is a waiting list to get in it. Yeah, I mean, so now I've actually created real urgency and real scarcity. And it, it just kind of worked out great. But um, I have no idea how we got on the subject. But um, that's, I was, uh, I was that's, that's very synchronistic, though, isn't it? That, that actually happens. You've got mm. less people to deal with, you know? And I'm probably more yeah, like they, you're getting paid what you're worth as opposed to being feeling like they're getting it for nothing for 3,800. Yes, and, 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 I, and I think we all have that, especially, you know, people like you and I that have this kind of like this, this need to serve and this need to help. Um, yet we have this, I don't know, I, I can't ask people for money. Yeah, you know I mean, like I <laughs> like with my consulting business, I mean, people think I'm insane. They'll go, oh, can you help us build this thing? And I'm like, yep. I can do it in about two months and, you know, I'll be here in your office three or four times uh, or we'll do weekly Zoom calls. I'll do this. Well, how much is it going to cost? So I said, I don't know. It depends how bloody stubborn your team is. Yeah, I mean, and whether I can convince them, it might take three moves or it might take 12 moves. How about yeah. this? How about I send I send you an invoice after it's all done? And if you don't think that the uh, invoice that it was worth it, just don't pay it. I mean, um, obviously you can't do that with a Scotsman because you'll never get there. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That was that was me digging that's at a, you, but anyway, that's just a joke. 
That's just a joke. That's not a joking at all, you know. I'm, I'm not uh, just a Scotsman. I, I also have uh, Yorkshire heritage and the uh, you know Jewish heritage. So really, uh, you definitely would yeah. get paid. <laughs> well, well, they once said, you know, who in who invented copper wire? And I'm like, it's got to be a Jewish Scotsman that lives in the Netherlands. Absolutely, <laughs> because the Dutch are tremendous about uh, about their monies, as are you know the legendary uh, you know Scotsmen. So I think it's hilarious. Anyway, but uh, I'm as my wife always has to apologize at dinner parties for me. She goes, "He's not from here. Uh, English is not his first or his second language." You know, and I'm like, "Yes, it is." <laughs> anyway, so uh, you've seen some of those. Yeah, but we all get the point, and it's uh, that's fantastic. That's uh, that was uh, what a great story that three thousand eight hundred to thirty eight thousand, and um, you know, it, it was the right thing to happen at the end up, and probably yes, got a lot and, fewer and, people. You know, the, the invoice fewer people less is kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've I've written people invoices for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and they would literally write it back and say, "Best money I've ever spent." But I've also worked with people, um, you know, some of the guys you know through our Zoom calls. Where I just do it for free because guess what? You know, it, you can't afford it, but I think you've got a good thing and I'm going to go and help you. So it's kind of, you know, yeah. you can have one one of your businesses pay for the other one um, and allow you to be a little more generous generous on the other side. But I totally love it. I really enjoy it. No, I love it as well. And I've really enjoyed the liquid Zooms. Missed the one last week, the first, uh, the first one back after the big house move. Um, but yeah. hopefully back on it again. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, um, there you, there you have it then, folks. How to raise money on social media. And it's not social media. It's, it's, a fun, it's a funnel. It's a journey of how to take someone from here to get to know you, to get to know you better. You know, like yeah. a first date. Well, what are you gonna... the, the reason why is I say don't call it social media because you've got to design the whole. It can't be a brick and mortar business that happens to have its marketing on social media. Um, it's very, very different. You are building this machine to be digital to almost 90% of the way. And you've got to meet your audience where they're hanging out. So if they're hanging out on Instagram, or they're hanging out on Facebook, or they're hanging out on LinkedIn, which is my audience, right? Yeah. You've got to meet them out in that place. And I, I love LinkedIn because it actually allows you to experiment with what's what works, what doesn't work. It's got an embedded messenger function. Um, as you know, I don't use emails anymore at all. Um, it, it is just an, an excellent tool that you can basically get it, get your digital funnel working. And if it's working on LinkedIn and you're getting sales, then it's worth throwing some advertising dollars on it and going, okay, where else do, does my, my tribe or my raving fan client hang out and how do I reach them? Because you've got to talk to them in their language. They're, they're not going to acquiesce and come and talk to you in your language. You've got to talk in their language if, if, you, if you want to attract them. And it's yeah. because it's all about attract marketing. Gone attract. are the days where you cold call people and yeah. you know bludgeon them to death with a club and say, "Come buy my fund." You know, uh, absolutely. And uh, attract and repel at the same time, fifty percent each. And in, in fact, just by yeah. mentioning that thirty-eight k, you'll have attracted and repelled a certain number of people on this call, which is fantastic because. Um, yeah. People you can't serve, you, you don't really want them wasting your time. If people you can serve, you want them getting in yeah. touch, kind of thing. Um, yeah, and, and, the, and the the way I think about it, Dan, is like, if my style, I mean, as you know, I'm I'm uh, you know in my old age, I've gotten very outspoken, and I I think it's about it's about the give a shit index. Have you seen my chart of the give a shit index? <laughs> I've never seen that one. No. <laughs> oh, okay. I can draw it up digitally over here. All right. 
horizontal axis is your age. Yeah. So vertical axis is your give a shit index. So when you start and you're born, you, you really don't give a shit. And you know, you're giving everybody the shits. So then as you grow into your teenage years, you are just ramping up so aggressively because you really care what everybody thinks of you to the point that you you care what the curtains think of you and then kind of in your 20s it flattens off but then in your mid 20s to 30s it really climbs again because now you've got career issues and what these people think and all that and then as you start getting a little successful you start peaking and flattening out and then in your 50s it starts gradually going down because you're like you know what I don't care if that guy doesn't like me. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's not going to change my life. And yeah, you know, then in your 70s, it just drops off like a cliff. And in your 80s, I mean, I, I have a lot of friends and people that I know in the 80s. It goes negative because you're just literally giving everybody the shits, right? You're giving everybody the <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, I call it that. And, and obviously, I'm, I'm a little anti-establishment. So yeah. the 50% attract and repel, I probably do more like 70, 30. I was, um, say, you, you don't, I was going to say you don't. I was going to say you don't. You don't seem to come across balance in all our conversations and on, a, on the LinkedIn lives. Uh, it seems like you're you're very straightforward in terms of what you say, you, and you don't hold back on that, which is great. You say you say what you're thinking. I mean, my my I have a malfunctioning filter, but my wife kicks me under the table a lot when I've gone too far, which is uh, at least once a day. The the my thinking behind it is Dan is if my style of communication for example or my style of thinking uh, or the fact that i am a patriot that is grateful to live in this country if that is going to offend you three weeks down the road let let's just get it over and done with today um because then time's too short yeah because then you can spend spend the rest of the day focusing on people who have, yeah. who have seen you, and that's where LinkedIn is so brilliant again, because people can see you. I mean, I've had people stalking me, you know, for sometimes for a year before they, they reach out and they go, I think you're brilliant. Can, can, can you come and talk to my team? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I, yeah. I like and on, on that LinkedIn, have you managed to get the LinkedIn live yet? That's a, a feature that you've got to, you know, jump over hurdles to get a hold of. Um, no, I, I, I mean, I find it so annoying because you know, I'm, I, I do a lot on, on digital media, but then every time I've got to leave the LinkedIn platform to go and do, do a live training on, on YouTube or something, and it's such a pain in the ass. I'm like, all right, why don't I apply for LinkedIn Live? But apparently they take so long to approve these things because yeah, they I, approve them manually. I've heard uh, the, the last person I know that got it took 15 applications, you know, for the yeah. same name, same account. 15 times. So uh, I think yeah. we've done it eight, eight times so far and we're going to carry on until we get it because I think it's the way forward. LinkedIn Live and YouTube yeah. for me, I, I'm not really a big fan of Facebook, um, you know, but really for me, LinkedIn Live and YouTube is going to be the way forward uh, to attract, you know, our kind of audience, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, the, there are- the, one, the one bit of advice I have on LinkedIn, you know, remember it's owned by Microsoft and Microsoft generally ruins everything <laughs> they buy, right? So yeah. um, you, you've, got to, you've got to have a parallel platform. So what I do with mine, I have all my content on LinkedIn, and then I swing you over to my blog so that you're signed up to my blog. And then once you signed up there by email and by text using community.com, you get, I'll swing you back to LinkedIn. So I'm constantly, I've got this pendulum swinging between the different platforms, capturing your data so that if LinkedIn ever goes away, 
or I I overstep the mark and I I say something that's you know uh, I, I can't I can't believe that would ever happen. In that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had a few posts where where in the morning I. I, I log back on and I very quickly delete the post. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've had a few of those. Let me ask you about that. You just brought something up there that's uh, really insightful for me. You know, you got your blog. I've got the blog as well and whatever, and the emails. But I don't have uh, the text thing, community.com. Does that just slide into, uh, slot into Kajabi or does that work like that? Or? Yeah, so I don't have my phone here, but um, – I mean, if, if I look at my phone, it's got 130,000 unread emails on just on my phone. Um, because email is, to me, email is dead. Um, if you don't call me up and say, hey, Anrik, I just emailed you something, I'm never, ever going to see it, right? Yeah. And now my messenger inbox, I mean, I've completely deleted my Facebook profile because I hate being censored and tracked and manipulated. Um, but now LinkedIn messages are, you know, Every time I go on, there's 100 new messages. So that, too, has become a difficult thing. But guess what? When you text people, they actually do respond. Yeah. So you can go to community.com. Um, I saw this from uh, Gary V and Darren Hardy and Tony Robbins and those guys. They have a whole audience that only operates by text. Mm. So then you can sign up by text, but you can't abuse it. You can't send people marketing messages but you can send them a reminder for the Zoom call that's starting in 15 minutes. Right. So like that, um, and like Russell Brunson, who's the ClickFunnels guy, by the way, who's absolutely brilliant, um, taught me this, that you can be, and I do this in a, in a lot of live audiences, Dan. So you know, sometimes I'm, I'm in a room with 800 uh, private bankers, right? And people are loving it. And I'm like, guys, stop taking notes. If like, Put away your telephones until the middle of the presentation because and there's going to be something that you need to do on your phone, okay? So in the middle of the presentation, I'll go, all right, now everybody, take out your phone and send a text message with this word to that number. That will ensure that you get all of the meeting notes, all of these free resources that I mentioned, of all of these websites that, that I use that you can use, this mm. secret app that nobody knows about and by the way an invitation to my next mastermind you're going to get that by text if you sign up the problem is you need to do it in the next 30 seconds because literally and then i bring up the counter in the next 30 seconds that goes away yeah so now what i'm doing i am controlling the audience's attention but i'm getting the sign up to this community for example so yeah. now, now we're talking by text, but I'm never going to send you a marketing message to that because after two marketing messages, people find yeah. a text message very invasive. So, yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, and you send them two marketing messages and they'll unsubscribe. Yeah, they just switched off. Absolutely, 100%. We get too many, far too many. Yeah. And it is a very um, personal communication method, isn't it? You don't expect yes. that marketing so it should yeah. be reserved yeah. for just some so, but, but it works really good because let's say you have a weekly a weekly zoom call right so i i always advise people who are raising money i'm like stop raising money seven days a week 365 days a year either commit to doing it four times a year or commit to marketing only once a week and i'll explain this in a second do we still have enough time or yes yes no, i'd love to love to okay. hear yeah so the idea behind it is, is that 
I could I could tell an inappropriate uh, New Zealand versus Australia or Wales versus Yorkshire sheep shagging joke at this point, but I won't because we have uh, we might have an audience that doesn't appreciate it. I'm sure, ah, the hell I'm sure they'll love it. I'm sure they'll love it. <laughs> no, no. Um, you know, the whole idea is, is that if you're trying to herd sheep yeah. and there's a cliff on this side and there's a fence on that side, you can herd them along the cliff for 100 miles and no sheep will fall off. And all of them will be going in that direction because there's a boundary on this side and there's a boundary on that side. And if you are raising money and you're available to raise money all the time, why the hell should I do it? Um, oh, okay, invest in the fund, invest in the fund. <gasps> oh, this is so boring. Why should I invest in the fund? You see what I mean? Yeah. But if you have a funnel that's running, doom, 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 now go back to my funnel picture. I have it on the screen here. You don't have it on the screen. And your funnel, and this is going to feel like we're back at teenagers. Um, with this hand movement, but imagine your funnel is shaken up and down the whole time, right? And there are little holes in the funnel that is qualifying people along the way. I'm glad and we're not live on LinkedIn just now because uh, I think we'd have just oh, been thrown off. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's all cool. Uh, that that one is that one's acceptable. This is a technical term. See what I mean? Um, so your funnel is literally. I'm going to stop doing that hand movement. <laughs> Your funnel, <laughs> what the hell do you care? That funnel is literally shaking around the whole time. And remember, you've built a funnel that is elf, easy, lucrative, and fun, right? Yeah. So people that are in that funnel are going, mm, mm, oh, wow, that's cool. This is interesting. This is fun. Then they saw a personal post, like me with the dogs. Then they see other personal things. So over time, the people that are in their funnel are getting lots of value. They're learning new things. You're giving them great advice. They're also getting to know you and they're getting to see how weird you are and they're getting to see how polarizing you are and the ones that find you offensive have left and the people that are staying actually like you, right? So now you get to the bottom of the funnel and that funnel ends up in a VIP club where no, we are not open to accept new investors, but if you're interested, I can put your, I, you know, because you're a mate of mine, I can put your, your name on the, uh, on the waiting list. And the next time we open up, you'll be the first to know. Uh, do you want me to do that? Yeah, 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 sure. So now as the next quarter opens up, you can have an announcement that goes out by email, that goes out by text through community, that goes out by LinkedIn, that comes out to a personalized video, right? A personalized video from you to those uh, investors that says, great news. I got 47 seats on uh, on the next fund fundraising, and if you like, uh, I can put your name on it. There is yeah. no PPM, there is no pitch book, there is no slide deck, all this stupid stuff. There are no fact sheets, and people will go great. And then then you go, oh, by the way, um, before you can do that, um, you need to fill in this, you need to fill in that, and I um, you've got to make sure that we've answered all your questions. So. Um, I'm going to send you a link and you have to click yes, please, to receive the PPM and the pitch book. You yeah. make them ask for it. See what I mean? Because now it's not push marketing, it's, yeah, it's pull marketing. Absolutely. They are asking. They are happy. You've done the work. You've explained how you make money. You've explained how you lose money. Yeah. You've uh, explained how you have lost money in the past. You have made mistakes. Because guess what? If you're trying to be too perfect and it's too quaffed, people don't buy, people don't trust you. And they will not buy or invest with you if they don't trust you. 
And LinkedIn is phenomenal for that because you've got that funnel that's shaking around the whole time, right? This is going to yeah. stick in my head, but anyway, um, <laughs> then you can herd them into four times a year fundraising. Or the other idea where you say, we only do marketing on Fridays, right? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We are, you know, we're busy making money. We don't accept sales calls. We don't do sales calls. We're actually working. Sorry, we're not available. Here, take a ticket for Friday. And on Friday, you have, you know, like I have my liquid Zooms or you have your cheese and wine, which can be hybrid events, by the way. We've, we've done yeah. hybrid events with 30,000 people on them. Um, where wow. most 30,000, where most of them are digital, but they're joining Guy right. Fieri cooking a hamburger. You see what I mean? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Or, or something where you're doing your cheese and wine or your whiskey tasting yeah. or something like that. Or, hey, whiskey by the fire. Food, you know I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Whiskey. And then absolutely. everybody, and then everybody, including their the dog and the janitor and everybody's wives and the kids. Everybody's at the company on Fridays and we do marketing and yeah. it's super fun because guess what? You have no sales unless you have great marketing and that marketing has to attract people and pull them in and show them the real you. So, so yeah. that, that's how you can do it every Friday or you do it four times a year. Yeah, we've been doing it uh, once a week, but we're thinking about changing it to every quarter because a, a deal is coming every quarter, you know, so warming people up. But, you know, maybe we get them in before, six weeks before, so they kind of know, like, and trust us. Um, yeah. But the guys in the club, we go live every week kind of thing. That, you know, but yeah. they're already in the club. That's similar to, to the venture capital model that I've built for a few few VC funds because you don't want to go out and having to raise money because sometimes that takes six weeks. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. You don't want to be going out there and stopping everything you're doing, going to raise money for these deals because cash is king. And especially with what's coming at us right now, he yeah. who has cash is going to be coming out winning out of this. So you want to raise this kind of war chest in advance, mm. but you you want to raise it from people who actually want to be in the club, who are grateful to be in the club yeah. because, hey, it's a VIP club. You know what I mean? Everybody wants to be in a VIP club, right? No, um, you know the place, I mean, you you know uh, Jimmy's in Monaco, right? Jimmy's in Monaco. I've heard of it. I've never yeah. been there. All right. So Jimmy's is this, this famous... Uh, a night nightclub uh, right in the middle of, of Monaco, and they just had a wonderful model at this. You know what I mean? That they would create this this perceived uh, urgency by, oh no, all the tables are full, uh, everything is is full, and I mean this is really expensive. It's two and a half thousand dollars for the bottle service and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And no, it's full. But you look like somebody we need to know. Hey, Rodrigo. Get Mr. Blatt a table right in front at, 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 the, uh, at the dance floor. And out of magic, uh, somebody out the back would be bringing a table, table. with I a tablecloth on it, park it right in the front and put you right, right on the dance floor, right? And, oh, God, I tell you, uh, you feel so special. They gave me a lot of significance. And, yes. you know, the, the ladies that were with her were like, oh, wow, who is this guy? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, then, and you bought an hour later, <laughs> an, an hour later, there's another table now in front of me. <laughs> and, and then I realized after the seventh or eighth time that I was there, that this is the gig. They yeah. clear out half the tables before yeah. the evening starts. And then they, oh, Rodrigo, get Mr. Blood a, a VIP table right up front. Yeah. Yeah, it, reminds me the old, uh, it reminds me of the old Rat Pack movies. Remember back in the day when they used Absolutely. to do that all the time? Absolutely, that, you know. yeah. Uh, Abigail's, in, in, Abigail's in London also used to do that really good, man.
Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. No, no. So, and yet, yet people in in wealth management don't do that. And you've got to create a a VIP club of your tribe of your people that that love you, that adore you, that want to do business with you. And then when Absolutely. you've got an opportunity, you go, okay, you, 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 not you, yeah. you, you, come. You're in. Absolutely. In the car, yeah, man. So in terms of um, you help a lot of people do this kind of thing, create uh, digital journeys for you know to get your audience from here to there, whatever that may be. Um, how can people get in touch with Andrew Blatt? Where's the journey start? Where's the top of your funnel? Where can they go? On LinkedIn, though? Yeah, I mean, I, I practice what I preach um, in that I have an interesting funnel that, that I want to attract a tribe and a network, right? So I actively started about two years ago cutting down my LinkedIn uh, group of connections from like 33,000 at the time I'm trying to get it to 5,000 all the time, reducing the network. But, um, you know, and like if you go to hashtag Unric B, A-N-R-I-C-B on LinkedIn, you'll find about half of my content. And what's cool about that is you want to get people into your funnel mm. with the intention of helping them, entertaining them, educating them, right? So by having an easy funnel that people can come in and they can learn about LinkedIn and they can learn about, you know, like one of my most downloaded videos is like the top 10 ingredients to a successful meeting, right? I mean, right. That, that video is downloaded more than anything else. And, and I give it for free because it helps people. And over time, people start following you, right? So my hashtag Anrik B is, you know, is the quickest way that people can go and see my content and yeah. then practice and see if my funnel actually works. So I have a lot of signups on that where people will go and they start watching my feed and maybe here's a, a, another great learning lesson, right? Because, and I wish I had my phone here, but I've left it somewhere in the house. So people are scrolling, right? Everybody's scrolling all the time. And if you keep, that's why I, I, I was on you like a bad rash. If you keep talking about commercial real estate, right? Yeah. You, you just become one-sided and then people stop, yeah. stop following, stop reading because it's always the same. It's, guess what? People do business with people. And that's why, you know, you've always got to have a diverse a posting schedule and bring people cool things. If you're a cat person or if you're a weird person or if you're a whiskey collector or, you know, whatever, just be authentic. Right. And it's, and it's, it's you know, as Yoda says, there is no try. There's only do. Right. Um, wow. You can't try to be authentic, just be or not, right? There's no try because if you're trying, then you're not actually being authentic. So the, you know, the biggest lesson that I have in, in such a funnel is make it easy for people to find you, like which in my case is hashtag Unric B. Um, what, is, what, is, what is your hashtag? Hashtag on LinkedIn. Well, it's a hashtag Dan Taylor. Hashtag Dan Taylor. Okay. So like a while ago, you were playing with the idea of the, uh, the alchemist and yeah. the urban alchemy. I love that. You see what I mean? I love yeah. that because all your business posts, all your uh, property related posts can be hashtag urban alchemy, right? And that's another one I use, but the main one is obviously my name, but you know, urban alchemy, yeah. I love it as well. It's something that talks to me about it. And it's kind of what we do anyway. Yeah. We take old rundown, yeah. ugly stuff and make yeah. it nice stuff and create homes for people to live in. So that's yeah. quite cool. Um, you know, hey, talking about books, I actually forgot about it. So, you know, The Alchemist is uh, uh, by Paulo Coelho is one of my favorite yeah. books. And then I stumbled onto this. 
I don't know if you can see it on the screen. It's called the Four Agreements. Four Agreements. Have you read yes. that? No, I never read it. No. By Don Ruiz, and I, I kid you not, I read a lot. I read a lot of books. Um, but the first twenty pages, and it's, I mean, it's very simple, right? I mean, it's, it's big writing, simple English. Uh, he's, he's, he's Mexican actually, so it's, it's kind of a nice English that isn't too convoluted for me. Um, and it is just a fantastic book, and I really wanted to recommend that. The first twenty pages of it, really, God, my, it's the best thing I've ever learned. To the point that I think every 20-year-old would, if they read this, and then um, Tom Brady, do you know who Tom Brady is? Yeah, yeah. But give us one of the insights right. from this then. Just one. One insight from the top 20 No, pages. no, I don't want to no. give it away, but uh, <laughs> here's an insight. So, so Tom Brady reads this book every single year for the last 20 years. No way. Seriously. It is a phenomenal book. And the... I don't know if you want one insight. Oh, God. That's incredible. He does that every year. I suppose repetition and, is a mother of skill. This, this book is The Four Agreements. And the first agreement, right, is to be impeccable with your word. Here's an interesting thing. And I mean, this is much deeper. We're not going to give this, give this credit. But if you are impeccable with your word, everything gets better absolutely everything gets better right down to not gossiping if you don't gossip you don't spread that you are always taking the high road if you are impeccable with your word if you say i will do this and you are impeccable with your word and you deliver think of the the you know positive effects on your life because then your children can trust you your wife can trust you. Your business partners can trust you. And if you say no, they won't question why you say no, because guess what? Dan is impeccable with his word. You see what I mean? Dan is impeccable about that. And if he promises that he will do something, he will do it. And it becomes a very, very interesting kind of catch-22, because you are impeccable with your word. You yourself show up much better. This is, this is a really deep book, but it... It's, it, it goes deep, as deep as you want to take it. Yeah. So the first time I read it, I read it in one go in the hot tub, and I'm like, oh, that was interesting. And then over the next coming weeks, I kept thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? I need to read that book again, and, and this time pay attention. And yeah, I, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Anyway, so that's my, no, my no. free takeaway for the day, man. No, that's great. It's fantastic. So uh, be impeccable with your words. Start to put your digital uh, journey you know, in place. And if you want any help doing yep. that, hashtag Anrik B uh, on LinkedIn. You'll find him there. you find all his uh, content. It's been an absolute pleasure, uh, you know, mm. getting to know you digitally. And I uh, can't wait to meet you guys in person. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been an interesting journey. It really has. And, mm. you know, one, one of the one things I love most about the kind of your content you put out there, your handwritten notes, they're, they're amazing. Absolutely phenomenal. So if anybody wants to find out about the handwritten notes, hashtag Anrik B on LinkedIn. Anrik, it's been an absolute pleasure.